It's The Difference, a podcast by me, Dan O'Donnell, talk radio host extraordinaire, and Dave Spano, the president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. And every weekday, if we talk about economic issues, the sort of intersection between politics and economics and how they affect you and Right now, we are seeing sort of the perfect storm of that. And I use the storm metaphor advisedly. It looks like we are in an inflation tsunami. It was just this past Friday that the inflation number, the consumer price index, came in hot again. There was some thought, and I was sort of talking about this leading up to that number's release, that because we hit a 30-year high in year-over-year inflation in May of 2021, so last year, we wouldn't see inflation increase year over year in May of 22 because it had already risen by so much from 2020 to 2021. That wasn't the case. We had 8.6%, the highest of this year's record-breaking inflation numbers. And critically, we saw month-over-month inflation go up 1%. Now, what has happened as a result of this is that you have got a lot of high-risk assets that are just absolutely panicked right now. We saw one crypto exchange is actually halting withdrawals from its system. You had a massive crypto crash over the weekend. Now we're seeing a broader economic, as we sit here right now, it's about 1145 Central on Monday as we're recording this. The Dow is down about 2%. All the major indices are down. And it almost seems, Dave, that from last Friday when the number, the inflation number was released till now, the fears of a recession and a deep one and a bad one increased tenfold. Well, all right, let's break that down a little bit. Yeah, there's no question inflation's out of control. That report truly was eye-popping, as you pointed out, a 40-year record. I mean, you got to go all the way back to Jimmy Carter, Dan, to, to see a number like this. But when you break the thing down, it is, you know, food's up 10%, energy's up 34%, gas is up 50%, and fuel oil up 106%. Now, that has a ripple effect that goes through the economy because, you know, you have to transport goods and distillates of fuel oil, of course, are diesel and jet fuel. And so that means transportation costs are higher. So that goes through the economy, raises prices of goods and services to everybody. We look at that and say, all right, what is the Federal Reserve going to do about it? Well, one of the key points that they're going to try to do is go to quantitative tightening from quantitative easing, obviously taking liquidity out of the market. And number two is they're going to raise interest rates. This is what the problem is, is that the economy believes that it is going to raise them too fast and make a policy mistake. And that, of course, will cause the recession that you referred to. If we have a recession, they're generally connected with bear markets. Well, guess what? As of this morning, as of right now, we are in a bear market. Does it close there today? We'll have to find out. But you know, what is the Federal Reserve going to do about it over the next six months? We think we're going to get a rate raise in two days. We'll probably get another one in July. There's a pause in August and another one in September. Dan, that doesn't catch us up to market rates. That is the Federal Reserve playing catch up to the markets. And therefore, does it slow the economy down into a recession? You know, one other harbinger does the two-year and 10-year 
yield curve did it invert? Well, that inverted today too. So we're probably a 50% chance of a recession as we speak this morning. Will it be deep and long? To your point, there's not a lot of evidence that it'll be short or there's not a lot of evidence that it's going to be long. We'll have to see what the data says. Does employment crash? Because right now employment's really good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Does that happen? These are the things that we have to look at. We're going to have to wait and get some more evidence before we predict if we're going to have a deep recession, but the odds are not good right now. So when you get into an inflationary environment, you sort of get in this spiral where people aren't buying, right? As a result, companies need to pull back. I mean, one of the most eye-opening statistics I think I've seen is that the average American family something like 50% of American families would not be able to cover a sudden $1,000 emergency expense. Okay? $1,000. The cost of gas increasing this year is going to cost the average American family $2,000 per year. Gas alone, even stripping out every other price increase, the price of getting from point A to point B alone is more than what the average American family, double what the average American family can possibly afford in terms of an emergency expense. You add on the necessary costs that you ran down. Grocery bills are through the roof. Pretty much everything you buy, save for maybe ramen noodles, is infinitely more expensive than it was just a year ago. If people are pulling back, they're no longer buying big ticket items like cars. I think we're going to see the housing market slow down and and that's already is. Right. There was a report earlier today that showed that mortgage applications were down 40%, 40%. We're already seeing that. It's going to necessarily the the housing slowdown is going to necessarily be exacerbated by rates going up. Right When money is more difficult to get, economic activity yep. slows down further. As that activity slows down, you've got people like Musk and uh, Jamie Dimon talking about the possibility. Musk himself said, we may have to lay off 10% of Tesla's workforce. Now, Tesla is an interesting case. It's a unique case because it was sort of, it's kind of seen as a luxury item. And that's going to be one of the first things people pull back on. They're not going to buy a new $80,000 Tesla in this sort of environment. But we're also seeing retail pushbacks and earning misses from places like Target and Walmart, where people are shopping for everyday items. So when that happens, You're going to see those companies almost by necessity having to start layoff workers, laying off workers. And if they're not earning, the spending is going to pull back anymore. So then maybe inflation starts to heal, but then you're in a deeply troubling environment where prices are still high and people really can't afford the price increases. Stagflation, a stagnant economy with rising prices, stagflation. That's not a good environment. There's no question about it. Now, this podcast's is about politics crossing economics. And you can say so many places down the line that policy has created that. We can always talk about supply chain. Wasn't really an immediate policy mistake. And of course, Russia and Ukraine, you can say, well, did the current environment cause Russia to go in? But either way, if those things subside, let's just try to find some silver linings here. If they subside, if the supply chains clear up, Or if Russia decides that they've had enough of Ukraine, what does that do? I'm trying to find something positive in this because the Federal Reserve is headed towards a policy mistake because they're going to raise rates 
And remember, they're full of doves too, which means they, they don't want an unemployment rate to go up. You know, what's the evil that you're going to choose? Higher prices or higher unemployment? And that's really the conundrum that they're in. This is all coming at a time when you've also got not only the midterms on the horizon, but Democrats are now openly talking a bombshell New York Times story from over the weekend said Democrats are openly talking about Joe Biden being an anchor on yeah. the future Axelrod, of the party. David Axelrod. Axelrod yeah. and, and a yeah. number. They had 50-some Democrats. Axelrod publicly said this. You had AOC go on CNN's State of the Union and notably refuse to endorse Biden if he runs again in 2024, basically saying, well, we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we right. come to it. And Dana right. Bash, the host of the program, said, well, that's not an endorsement. And she kind of said, did, well. Did, by the way, did you see the president on the Jimmy Kimmel show? And that's a big reason why. I mean, he was struggling so badly. Kimmel actually had to save him by going to a commercial. He said, okay, Biden starts out talking about one thing, completely changes the subject, loses his train of thought, what he was saying. Kimmel actually jumped and said, okay, I'll tell you what, we're going to take a commercial break. We'll come back in just a second. If you have that, Dave, maybe you can drop that in for everyone to hear it. Right yeah, here. let's actually, let's, we've got the soundbite. Let's, let's hear this. There's a lot of major things we've done. But what we haven't done is we haven't been able to communicate it in a way that is, uh, um, let me say it another way. Well, see, that's kind of perfect. Yeah, well, we haven't been able to communicate but it. But look how way. the press has changed. Mm -hmm. Look how the press has changed. It has changed. Oh, listen, it, I, I get it. I know you, get, you overstand it. Yeah. You don't just understand it. You overstand it. <laughs> but here's the deal. One of the things is that it's very difficult now to have a... Um, even with notable exceptions, even the really good reporters, they have to get the number of clicks on, on, the, on nightly news. Mm -hmm. So instead of asking a question, anyway, it just everything gets gets sensationalized in ways. That, but I'm convinced we can get through this. We have to get through it. And one of the things, look, I'm going to take a break and then we'll talk a little bit more. I don't, if you don't mind. You. I'm sorry. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. That that's the sitting president of the United States. So we've got all of this going on economically, all of this going on politically, and this I think just exacerbated fears not from Republicans who are trying to you know say oh the president has lost his mind, but from Democrats who are saying okay, when he would run again in 2024 he'll be 82 years old. There is clearly yeah. some mental decline going there. So you add to that the uncertainty that we're going to have a wide open presidential race that's going to start as soon as the midterms are over. Uh, Dave, I think I've told you this. I don't know about on this podcast. I actually do believe at some point in the first quarter of 2023, uh, we are going to see Biden announce that he's not going to run for another term. I actually think it would be a yeah. huge surprise if he does. So you've got all of that political uncertainty. We do think Republicans are probably going to take over both uh, houses of Congress, and they'll probably be strongly positioned in 2024. Right now, though, we've got the January 6th hearings, which I believe are politically designed to keep Donald Trump from running again. Will we see a second Trump term? I mean, it's all going to be wide open. And when you've got that amount of uncertainty, not just in the next, you know, election, but really moving forward, what's policy going to look like for the next five, six, seven years? I mean, there's a whole lot of fear. We talk about that wall of worry. Yep. Seems like we're three quarters of the way up. 
Well, here, when do markets bottom out? They don't bottom out on good news. They bottom out on bad news, right? And what's happening today, and again, this is time dated, we're June 13th at just about noon. We're getting walloped. Their stock's down 8 9 10%, just getting beaten over the head at the moment. That could be some type of capitulation, perhaps, or it could be what we've seen before, which are rallies within a bear market. So either one of these things can happen right now, but the Federal Reserve is the bell of the ball right now because they were late to the game when all of this inflation was coming along. They didn't react. Even Larry Summers, you'll you'll remember, Dan, that Larry Summers more than a year ago said inflation is coming. It's going to be insidious and nobody paid attention to it. Right. Except for you and I. (laughs) You know, we joke, but there were a lot of people who were saying, hey, wait a second. You know, what we're looking at is a helicopter drop of money that Milton Friedman talked about, the likes of which we haven't seen since post-war spending from World War II. When you're dealing with this in an already overheating economy because of all the stimulus that was dropped in. Remember, we had, what, the shortest recession in history, it felt like, with COVID-19 because as soon as the game, it was an artificial recession, of course, the government shut down business. It wasn't any, you know, uh, market condition. It was the, the artificial shutdown of the market. But it came back very quickly. And what also didn't occur was the economy essentially being allowed to be self-sufficient. You had too much government meddling. And even Friedman could have predicted decades ago what was going to happen. Larry Summers, of course, predicted it very, very early in the Biden presidency. And the problem with inflation is that it's about the most difficult economic problem to solve through government intervention, isn't it? It is, and it feeds upon itself. So in inflation, so now you have got to raise wages. Guess what? Those aren't temporary. Those aren't transitory. And then rents go up because of inflation costs. Well, a year from now, they're not going to lower your rent, so they become more permanent. And that's really the concern. You know, you mentioned, of course, you know, the Federal Reserve and helicopter money, as, as it was explained. That is also a place where you can insert what's called the Fed put. And the Fed put was that you know they were always there. They always had your back. They always were the backstop. Well, the Fed put has been removed because we went from a quantitative easing to quantitative tightening. In other words, they're removing the liquidity that raised the tide for all boats. And so we're watching that right now. You know, you talked about the 2020 pullback. Just 23 days, that's all we were in a bear market, and it bounced back 126 days later, we were at all-time highs. Compare that to, say, 2001, when it took almost two years, I believe it was 637 days downwards, and then all the way until 2007 for it to recover back to its highs. And so that was something like 800 days. To your initial question, if we have a recession, will it be long and deep or will it be short and shallow? It, it has a lot to do with the consumer, the consumer's attitude, because it's what's called an adverse feedback loop and it just keeps feeding on each other. That's the reason why it is so insidious. And that's why there is possibility there's a places in your portfolio that can benefit. You know, Biden talked the other day about ExxonMobil is just printing money. Well, guess what? 
That's because energy is doing well right now. So there's places in your portfolio that you can submit certain names. Energy would be one of them. And then the high-tech flyers you know, or crypto are going to be under pressure. I would suggest right now, if you haven't done it, to go through your portfolio and say, am I positioned in the right way? Should I be in certain sectors or international places or fixed income? And how am I positioned? Because it's going to take a longer perspective to get through this. And you know, maybe a year from now, a year and a half from now, maybe you're, you're making money as well. But know what you own, why you own it, and how much you're paying for it. Yeah, and the best way to do that is a free wealth metric. You can get it at AnnexWealth.com. All right, for Dave Spano, he's the president and CEO of Annex. I'm Dan O'Donnell saying thanks for listening to this week's edition of The Difference. Annex Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. Opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect those of Annex Wealth Management, its producers, hosts, or guests. The host of the podcast is compensated for his endorsement of Annex Wealth Management. Information presented should not be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice, or a recommendation or solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risks. Neither Annex Wealth Management nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast. 